today is Palm Sunday, and uh, we're going to go through the triumphal entry, um, Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem. My main text today is out of Luke uh, 19, and um, the title of my message is Time of Your Visitation, which comes out of our passage today. As uh, Jesus would cry out and weep over Jerusalem and say at the end of 44, you did not know the time of your visitation. We talk about this in regards to um, Jesus' arrival um, at his birth. And we talk about it here now because of this passage that the people that they... They didn't recognize fully who Jesus was and um, and his purpose of his coming. Um, we have, you know, the Jews had the scriptures. They had the prophecies of the Messiah who was to come. And when he did come, they didn't recognize um, him. They didn't put the prophecies together that Jesus was there to fulfill them. That Jesus had fulfilled them. Um, And we'll see that here today as Jesus cries that out and weeps over Jerusalem. Luke 19, verse 28 says, When he has said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he, meaning Jesus, drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, whereas you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, Because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away, who were sent, went their way and found it just as he said. But as they were loosing the coat, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing the coat? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the coat, colt, and they set Jesus on him. So we have the setting of the scene here. Um, Jesus had just um, been teaching and now they're heading to Jerusalem and he sends them ahead to basically get a ride for him and um, says, you know, prophetically, like Jesus isn't anywhere near the, can't see the donkey, can't see the colt, but they, but he says up ahead, there is this colt, there is this donkey, and you will, you know, go and retrieve him for me. And then the owners do stop him and say, I mean, I think we all would do that. Like, what are you doing? You're taking my, you're, you're taking my animal. You're taking my car. Um, 
Um, but they just simply say the Lord has need of them and the owners allowed, permitted this to happen. And they brought them to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the coat and they sat Jesus on him. And so they kind of made him a, you know, blankets or a saddle or, you know, however you want to describe it, that um, he would sit on the colt with. Um, and this is fulfillment of prophecy. And we have in Zechariah 9.9, 9, it states, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, o, da- o daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And so we have direct fulfillment here of Zechariah 9.9 by Jesus riding on this colt into Jerusalem. Um, it's just, it's amazing when you can look at prophecy because you see that fulfillment in Jesus Christ and it builds your faith. It um, gives you the truth that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the Messiah, the, the Savior, the Son of God who came for us, for that salvation. I love the saying in Zechariah 9.9, he is just and having salvation. Um, and he did come lowly, riding on that donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. <coughs> Excuse me. So we have Jesus' entry into Jerusalem on that colt. Verse 36 in Luke 19 tells us, And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was drawing near the descent of Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these shout should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. And so we have the crowds, the people um, laying there, spreading clothes on the road. Um, we have them coming into Jerusalem. We have the disciples rejoicing, praising God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they've seen. Just imagine being an eyewitness of Jesus Christ in the flesh these last three years where he is raised the dead, he's healed the blind, he's healed the lame, um, cast out demons. You know, if you're Peter, James, and John, um, you've seen his revealed glory. I just can't imagine. Like they were, they probably were at their peak of their excitement because I think they expected something else than what would eventually 
happen that week. I think they expected that Jesus was going to take over. Now it's the time. He's entering Jerusalem as the king. Um, But they didn't fully understand, even though Jesus had told them over and over that he was going to go and die. But I don't know if that was in their thoughts at this moment because they were rejoicing. They were, um, as it says, blessed. They were praising the Lord, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But the Pharisees, the Pharisees knew what they were saying. They They knew that the disciples of the crowd was declaring him to be the Messiah and they asked Jesus you know rebuke your disciples but he could not because it was the truth and he answered them said to him I tell you that if these would keep silent the stones would immediately cry out and it continues in Luke 19 it says, Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children with you to the ground. They will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. So he pronounces this prophecy that would be fulfilled in 70 AD where the Romans would lay Jerusalem to waste, even the temple. And they would have to build embankment. And they would surround and close in on every side and level the city and level the temple. And he says, it's because you did not know the time of your visitation. They didn't see Jesus for who he truly was. And there's consequences to that. There's consequences to not acknowledging Jesus as the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Savior of the world, the one who would go to the cross and die for our salvation. There's consequences to that. That rejection of Jesus Christ can have physical consequences just like the Jews experienced when the Romans came and leveled Jerusalem. But more, there's spiritual consequences. There's that eternal separation from us and God without that acceptance of who Jesus is. That he is the Savior, that he is the one, the only one, who can reconcile us to God. 
that only through his death, burial, and resurrection we have forgiveness of sin and everlasting life. That he would go through that, and we'll rehearse that this week, but you know, you think of of Isaiah. You think of Psalm 22. You, you just think of the Gospels and the details of the crucifixion. And you just, I don't know, it, it makes me marvel at times that the Lord would go through the whipping, the beating, the crucifixion, the breaking of his body, the shedding of blood, the pain, the suffering for me, for you, for for all people and to know that all who call on his name shall be saved. The world wants to reject it. The world wants to put it aside, make excuses, Say, there can't be just one way. That truth is relevant. That there can't be one truth. But there is. And his name is Jesus Christ. He desires to have a pure church. And I don't mean a building. He desires that purity in his people, in his church, throughout the world. And he shows that here in this next section. And he says, Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple. But the chief priests, scribes, and leaders of the people sought to destroy him and were unable to do anything. For all the people were very attentive to hear him. In youth group, we're going through the book of Proverbs. And it talks about, of course, it's the book of, uh, book of wisdom. So it talks about the wisdom of God. It talks about understanding it talks about hearing, and then having understanding, and then applying it to our lives. So the people here were very attentive. They were hearing him. They were hearing Jesus. They were very attentive. But as always, very fickle. Because by the end of the week, they would be crying out, crucify him, crucify him. Zechariah 9.9, we have that fulfillment of the prophecy of the Messiah riding on the colt. Jesus fulfilled that as we talked about. And then the timing is another fulfillment of prophecy. Daniel 9.24-26 says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression 
to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and again, and anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there'll be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again in the wall, even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood, until the end of the war of desolations are determined. So we have the 70-week prophecy of Daniel that's broken up into several sections. Um, verse 26, after the 60, sorry, before that, to re- from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. And so that means seven weeks, so seven sevens. Um, so that's 49. Do some math today. Um, I'm going to keep it simple because there's a lot more to it. <laughs> if you look up um, the calculations for all this, um, they go through, um, they use 360 days. Um, then for a year, and then they use um, uh, the different calendars to pinpoint all this. I'm not going to go into all, all of that. Um, and there's some dispute, a little bit of dispute. It seems like most people now have it. Um, I think I think the majority of what I found put the command in Nehemiah 2.1 to build the temple in the city, um, which they use as that starting point of the command to restore and build Jerusalem. It, they put it at uh, about 444 B.C. And then there's this other guy, Sir Robert Anderson, who I believe was in the early 1900s, who had 445 B.C. Um, but the couple, the one website, Never Thirsty, was the name of it, and then got questions. Um, website um, put it at 444 um, BC, and uh, Never Thirsty kind of explained um, how they differed from Sir Robert Anderson. Um, and so we have that that time frame that when in Nehemiah the the king set forth that command that Nehemiah could go um, to Jerusalem and rebuild until Messiah comes to, and they pinpoint it to a month and a date. Um, Sir Robert Anderson has it March 14th, 445 BC. I don't know why they put it in modern terms there. I mean, not, sorry, April 2nd. Sorry. He puts it at March 14, 445 B.C. as the beginning. This is Sir Robert Anderson. To April 6, 32 A.D. Um, the other ones that I talked about put it at um, uh, February 
444 BC. And I don't know why they're using like February and March for the BC, and then they use the um, and this one uses um, the Hebrew calendar for the um, for when Jesus entered Jerusalem, which they say is like um, Nisan six, but I thought it was supposed to be nine or ten. Like it's I know it's um, specified in the Old Testament. I was going to look that up and I totally forgot about it. Sorry, um, but it, they put it at in the month of Nisan in AD 33, and then. Christ's death on the 14th of Nisan, 33 AD. Um, and so we have, as I was explaining, kind of got ahead of myself, um, the seven weeks is, seven times seven is 49, and that's the time period of the rebuilding of um, Jerusalem in Nehemiah's time. And then the 62 weeks um after that, so a total of 69 um, weeks, so 69 gives us um, the 483 years. Total of the 70 times 7 is 490 years. So we have the prophecy broken up into the 49 and then the 62 times 7, um, which the 49 and the 62 weeks equals the 483 years um, until the Messiah would come, which is the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So again, um, we have that um, fulfillment of prophecy with, with Jesus riding on the colt into Jerusalem and also the timing of it. Um, and when Jesus says um, at the end of that when he's weeping over Jerusalem and he says because you did not know the time of your visitation again they should have known um, they should have known the prophecies they should have been looking for his birth in the first place and then when this happened they should have connected the dots and known that um, this was the Messiah that he was the one to come. And then the final week of Daniel's prophecy, the last seven years, is the tribulation period that is to come. There's a break in the timing of that prophecy, but the, the fulfillment comes with the future event of the tribulation the end times that are still to come, but seems to be coming rapidly. <laughs> if we look at our world, if we see and we recognize the signs of the times, um, we know that the Lord could come back at any time. I just wanted to highlight a few things from the other passages, all four Gospels, uh, all four Gospels relate this event of the triumphal entry. And, and Matthew, you find in Matthew 21, 1 through 17, uh, Matthew's account of this. Uh, 
Um, he, it's just a little different order. I know John's going through the Gospels and he's putting everything in, in order as best he can. Um, this is one I'd like to see when you get there <laughs> of how you, um, how you order this because there's a little different timing, seems like to me, in um, some of the events, of, including the cleansing of the temple, and then it also involves the fig tree. Um, and so uh, Matthew has the cleansing, um, as Luke does, like seemingly on the same day as the triumphal entry, and then, um, and then the fig tree, um, it, because it says in 18, now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry and seeing the fig tree by the road. Um, and so we have that just a little bit differently there. And then in Mark uh, 11, 1 through 11, um, we hear of leafy branches. Um, verse 8, so in Luke's account, we have clothes being um, laid on the on the road, and also um, Matthew says close and cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then Mark tells us, um, and many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Um, so we have that, and then. Um, Mark details that um, the cleansing of the temple and the fig tree are the next day. Um, Because it ends with him, the triumphal entry ends in verse 11. Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all things, as, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Then it says, now the next day when they had come out of Bethany, he was hungry, seeing the from afar a fig tree having leaves. So we have that fig tree the next day in Mark. And then after the account of the fig tree, then it's the account of the cleansing of, of the temple. And then um, just... As a reminder, this is the second cleansing of the temple we're talking about. Um, one of the one of the earliest things I remember learning from John um, when I came here was that there was two cleansing. I always had in my mind that there was one cleansing of the temple, but we find in John 2, 13 through 22, early on in his ministry was the first time that he cleansed the temple. And then we have all these accounts of this second cleansing. Um, but I never thought about that until John pointed that out to me all those years ago. And then Luke 19, as we talked about, um, just a couple of things that st- stood out there um, in Luke that are different than the other accounts is the time, you know, Jesus weeping over Jerusalem and the prophecy of the destruction of Jerusalem and then saying that it's the time 
that they missed the time of your visit, their visitation. And the other thing in um, Luke that kind of stands out, that he says, you know, the rebuke of the Pharisees, and Jesus responds with, if they were quiet, the rocks would cry out. And then we go to John 12. 12. Um, and we have that the palm trees are named in um, John's account. And it says in verse 13, well, 12, let's start with 12. The next day a great multitude had come to the feast. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. So a little different um, praise that John, um, the crying out of the crowd, the disciples, um, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, King of Israel. A little different than the account in Luke. But again, Hosanna, meaning save now, save please, um, salvation, come. And so here they specifically in 13 state palm trees, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out. And so um, we have just branches on the one account. We have leafy branches. And then John tells us specifically palm trees. Um, and then the only other thing about John and his account of the triumphal entry that is that he mentions Lazarus. Um, and so verse 16 saying, his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that things, these things were written about him, talking about the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9 about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. For this reason people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign, raising Lazarus from the grave. And the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. And so the mention of Lazarus and Right before the triumphal entry, um, verse 9 and through 11 tells us that because on the, of the account of Lazarus, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Uh, verse 10, but the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. So they didn't want only Jesus, they wanted Lazarus because he was a living witness of, of who Jesus was, of Jesus' power, of him being the Messiah, but they didn't recognize it like that. So we have Jesus entering Jerusalem to start off Passion Week that that in fulfillment of prophecy, in fulfillment of the timing of prophecy, Jesus enters Jerusalem on a donkey at the right time as the Lord, through the prophets, stated. I think that's one of the one of the greatest things that the word that God has given us is fulfillment of prophecy. 
that we can show historically um, that Jesus lived and that he did these things in fulfillment of what was spoken hundreds, even thousand years before he came. What an awesome God we have that he gives us the truth. He gives us his word. He gives us his spirit. He gave us his son that we could be saved. And let us not miss Jesus' visitation in our time because Jesus truly is coming back. The Lord said he was coming back. I love in um, Acts when he's ascending to heaven after his resurrection that the angels say to the disciples, why are you looking up? He will, be, he will, you know, why are you staring up? Basically, as he, as he went up, so he'll come back. And I'll paraphrase that he is coming back. And then Jesus testifies of himself in Revelation chapter 22. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And then in verse 20, he says, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. E, amen, even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. Let it be. in agreement. Lord, may you come. Lord, we are hurting in this world, Lord, in in so many ways that it just seems to be compounding, Lord, and if these are the, just the birth pangs, the beginnings, the beginning tremors. Lord, I I fear for the future then, Lord, in this way, that those who don't know you are going to endure so much more, Lord. And Lord, even us, you may call us to endure so much more, But in the end, we have you, Lord Jesus. We have our salvation, our Hosanna, our salvation now. We know that you have us in the palm of your hand. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. Lord, we need your Encouragement. We need your endurance, your righteousness, your salvation, your, your all in all that we would be able to endure these times. We don't know the future, but we know that you hold the future in your hands, Lord, for each of us. 
Lord, we pray for salvation, Lord, that these de desperate times that people would cry out to you for their hope, their sure hope of forgiveness of sin and eternal life. Lord, may we rise up, your church rise up from this congregation to this county, to this state, to this nation, to this world. Holy Spirit, come, revive us, guide us, direct us. Help us to endure. And Lord, we look forward to that day where you take us home and we see you face to face. The lamb that was slain, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, our Savior, our God. May this week be impactful to all of us that we would sincerely reflect on the cost that you paid for us. We just praise you and say to you, Lord, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, our King, our Savior. You deserve all our praise, all our love, for you poured out your great love for us. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.